This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 298 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, which you can find at LogicalLoss.com slash 298, we're going to talk about how sugar is the new tobacco. Yeah, wait till you hear this. I watched a movie and it was amazing. And we're also going to revisit the whole battle over the biggest loser and get Jillian Michaels' take on it. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now, and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin, but I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to do to die it thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I want smaller thighs thin, but I realize I guess I'll have to exercise. All right, welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. If you're new to the show, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a dude, or maybe in your case, a dudette, that's trying to lose some weight, doggone it. And uh, I am, I, I'm almost, I've been saying this, it's driving me crazy, down 30 pounds. And this week, I, I came up flat. And part of that is last week, I don't know why, it's kind of, you know, there, there are lots of weight loss that are frustrating. And one of the, the inspirations of why I want to lose weight is because I have problems with my back. And so here I am more or less 30 pounds down and I'm, I'm down to like the last 10 pounds, which by the way, are not fun to lose. And uh, last week, I don't know what I did, but I uh, was doing my laundry, which is always fun. And where I live are uh, the apartments next to the laundries, this little weight room. And I went in and there was maybe 15 pounds on this one machine. I just kind of gave it a little tug a couple times. Next thing I know, I'm in the middle of the grocery store. My back just ripped itself to shreds. So I did zero exercise this week. And so that's why I think I'm down. And that's okay. And uh, I can live with that, basically. right? And my back is better. We're on to bigger and better things. So I'm browsing around Netflix. And I found this movie called Sugar Coated. And I know we talked about one in the past. I forget exactly what the name of it was, but this is basically a second documentary now that basically says sugar is bad. And one of the things I remember from the first movie we watched is the fact that if you look on any label, no matter what it is, and I have none sitting here in front of me, that it'll say, okay, it has this much fat, that is X amount of percentage of your daily intake, and you have this much salt, which is this percentage of your daily intake, and you have this much sugar, and uh, yeah, we're not going to tell you how much of that is your daily intake, because if it's a 20-ounce bottle of Mountain Dew, 
Well, guess what? You're over your daily limit already. And something else I want to point out, and this is something where our health is is under attack by people who are really interested in profits. And that's their soul. They don't care what they do to you. They just want your money. And I mentioned this a couple months ago that I was actually looking to buy a can of something. I don't know if it was Mountain Dew or whatever. I haven't had Mountain Dew since October. And uh, it's hard to find a, quote, can of soda, depending on where you live, or a can of pop. And I, it's always 20 ounces of everything, which, of course, is almost double the calories. And I'm noticing another new trend. And that is one of the things, and in fact, this week I actually had one. So if you think I'm perfect, I'm not. And this is slowly becoming something that I'm noticing a trend on. This is not the first time I've had to say this. But I actually had a Reese cup. And it's the package of two, of course. I didn't have one. I had two. But here's the thing. It was hard to find a package of just two Reese cups. Because now they have the big cup. And I've noticed this is a new one. This is what this is when I went, wait a minute. It used to be you would buy one big cup. Or you could buy a regular, normal Reese cup package of two. Now I'm seeing the big cup is coming in packages of two. And I'm also noticing that it's they're coming in packages of four, like the regular, like one for the whole family kind of thing. And then I noticed that there were also king size Snickers. And now it's all about being your friend, being a good friend and sharing. It's a, it's a shareable size of M&Ms. Everything is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, uh, I have a niece that plays Uh, softball. I think she's going to be five and you haven't lived until you've seen a bunch of five-year-olds play baseball. Man, is that, uh, it's very interesting. But I noticed there that there, as the children are playing, many of them have stuffed candy into their pockets. And I was just like, wow, okay. And so this is how we end up five years from now going, how did this happen? Because we're not paying attention to the fact that everything that is bad for you is getting bigger. And it's, we can't, they just can't come out and go, oh, by the way, I mean, imagine this, if you walked in tomorrow and all the candy was gone and it was replaced with, uh, you know, a Reese cup package that had four big cups, you'd be like, whoa, where's, where's the little ones, right? If everything just get, but what they do, it's like aging, If you woke up one day and your hands all of a sudden were wrinkled, like what has happened over 10 years, you'd be like, whoa, what's going on? But if you slowly increase things, nobody really notices. There's the old story of the the church that wanted to get rid of their organ. And people are like, no, you can't get rid of the organ that's been here forever. That's, you know, meanwhile, nobody's playing it. Nobody's using it, but they needed the organ there. It was this weird safety blanket. So what do they do? They moved it a foot every week and eventually moved it off the stage and nobody noticed it. And that's what's happening here with our food. And so what's interesting about this movie, again, it's called Sugar Coated. And I'll put links out at uh, logicalloss.com slash 298. There's a, a site about this. Uh, there's all sorts of cool trailers. And I want to play a clip. One of the things that I found really interesting is by this guy named Dr. Uh, Friedhoff. And he does a blog 
called Weighty Matters. And I believe I'm trying to find his website. I think it's weightymatters.co. And uh, I'm going to play you just a clip. He has a great YouTube video. And again, this will be out at logicalloss.com slash 298 saying what's a food industry to do. And this is a guy that basically is just calling out the food industry going, look, you're poisoning us. You are poisoning us. Check this out. I think the food industry could stop talking about no sugar being added to things. This particular product, it looks a lot like Twizzlers. It says no sugar added. And yet it has more sugar than actual Twizzlers. It's got 10 times the sugar of apples by weight. If instead you wanted your child to eat an apple. Or this particular fruit product, it's a fruit and vegetable snack. Again, it says it's got no sugar added, yet by weight, 79% of it is sugar. It's not that there's no sugar added, it's just that it gets added from concentrated fruit purees and juices. And I think the food industry could stop being disingenuous about that. Now, he is from Canada, and in the movie, he goes into how there was kind of like the, you know, we have the American Heart Association. There's kind of a Canadian equivalent. And they used to put these little check marks on stuff saying like, this is heart healthy or whatever. And he basically went in and went, wait a minute, because the one thing was some sort of like gummy bear thing. And he's like, this is not heart healthy. And what they're finding is if you are, I don't know, over the age of 30, you probably remember how For years, the tobacco industry was going, oh, there's nothing wrong with cigarettes. They're healthy. They're part of a balanced meal, right, or whatever. And uh, there was no, nicotine was not addicting. It had no link to lung cancer. Nothing wrong with cigarettes. Well, basically, we're reliving history. And the sugar industry now is putting out lots and lots of money to say there's nothing wrong with sugar. In fact, they go back and they explain how in the 70s they got the FDA to approve different sugar kind of things. And basically what it was is at one point the people that were the actual government agency that was reviewing the research, the research, by the way, that was paid for by partly by sugar. And uh, one of the guys on the head of the whole thing of the research was uh, from, yeah, you guessed it, the sugar industry. So shocking that the guy from the sugar industry would lead a study that resulted in people going, oh, sugar's perfectly fine. There's no link to diabetes. And what's interesting about this is how do they do this? They hired a PR agency to basically, anytime somebody said sugar's bad, they basically funded a research to say fat is bad. Fat is bad. Fat's very bad. And remember the whole low fat, you know, I don't want it. You can have it. It's too fat for me. I think that was a slogan of ice cream or something like that. And fat was, oh, fat was just shamed. Well, guess what happens when you take all the fat out of a product? It tastes like cardboard. Actually, it tastes like moldy cardboard. It tastes like aged old. It's awful. So how do you get some taste so people would actually eat the snack wells? Oh, that's right. You put sugar in it. Yeah. Funny how that works. Take the fat out, put the sugar in. And at the time of that study back in the 70s, one out of 41 people had diabetes. The FDA says, hey, clean bill of health for sugar. Everybody in the sugar pool. And they basically fast forward 40 years later 
and one out of 11 people has diabetes. And it's just one of those things where the studies are starting to show, hey, what, hmm, more sugar equals diabetes. It's, it's really, and it's one of those things where how much research do you need before you actually take action? And they show in the movie that in Japan, Japan, as much as they are, oh, they're Japan, let's just leave it at that, and, and how they control their people and such. But on the other hand, when there was a problem with high blood pressure, and some other things, Japan walked in and said, they just smacked down salt and said, no, 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 there's too much salt in our diet. And they forced salt to like take a hike a little bit. Well, they're kind of doing the same thing now. And what they're doing is they're basically making, they, they send in a squad into your job and they measure you and they're like, hey, uh, you've, you've put on a few pounds. And I don't know what happens after that, but they're, they're nipping it in the bud. They're not going to wait to see hey, is this sugar a bad thing? They've kind of figured it out because again, and and here's the thing, and again, I don't want to go all conspiracy theorist on that, but look at your representatives, look at your congressmen, and look who is donating to their campaigns. Yeah, it's that's what's really spooky when you see that it's AT&T and it's General Electric and the sugar industry and the corn people and this and that, and then watch what bills they pass. It's really interesting to see just how much of our we the people by the people for the people. It's really uh, we the the people for the profit by the profit at any cost kind of people. And so this is where I've been saying, if you think the FDA here in the U.S. is going to protect your food, forget about it. The 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 fox is is the hen house, not in the it is the hen house. It's ridiculous, and that's really what this points out. And my favorite was there was an obesity like summit in Canada. And one of the sponsors, because usually I have sponsors at these things to, to pay for the, the room and all the banners and all the things that go on. And one of the sponsors was McDonald's and they showed people at the obesity summit. Everybody's popping Cokes and drinking, you know, whatever. And they're eating yogurt with tons of sugar in it. And there was a guy from McDonald's there. And this is why I really liked uh, this doctor is the fact that he basically with the guy from McDonald's there brought up a slide of a McFlurry and explained how it was basically a candy bar melted down into a can of Coke and, you know, frozen more or less in terms of nutrition. I, I just was like, oh, I love this dude. I've actually contacted him and I'm like, you need a podcast, buddy. But So how objective can you be when your sponsor is somebody who is pumping more Coke into human beings probably than any other company on the planet? So that's kind of interesting. See, even my cat is against uh, uh, this whole sugar thing. So he's here. He's my co-host today. So he's decided to get vocal. Yeah, I know, Bernie. It's a problem. Sugar is a problem. Can you be quiet, buddy? That would be nice. All right. If I pet you, will you shut up? So... It's it's just one of those things, okay, no, he's not going to shut up. So the movie, again, is called Sugar Coated. I found it on Netflix, and uh, I'll put links to everything about the movie out at LogicalLoss.com slash 298. Hey, last episode, we were talking about the, uh, there's an article about The Biggest Loser, and 
there's some interesting things there about how people that leave the show are gaining their weight back. And I went, I don't get it because how do you come back home? You have more muscle to burn more calories and your metabolism is down. So we got an email from uh, Adam and he says, uh, let me tell you, I'm a longtime listener of your podcast and appreciate so much all you do and the success you've achieved. I have to share uh, that I think uh, basically I was a little off base with your recent rant on the popular article about the failure that so many contestants have experienced on the biggest loser post show and the validity of the research. He says, uh, I read in Gina Collada's article that appeared on the New York times on May 2nd. And it's clear to me that the main takeaway is the maintaining weight after rapid and massive loss is uh, weight loss. Like, you know, basically the biggest loser will royally mess up your metabolism, making it much harder than most realize. As stated so clearly in the article, it's not a case of willpower and eating the right things. It's your biology that is pitted against you no matter what you do. It's more of a hormonal thing than putting enough steps on the Fitbit. Uh, your le- your levels of leptin, the hormone that controls the feeling of fullness, is entirely crushed. So you're always hungry and your metabolism is so low that no matter how many steps you take, the body locks uh, onto what you have or worse, blows up when you eat a normal sized meal to address your hunger. And uh, he, he goes on to say that uh, he has a, oh, by the way, he has a, a podcast uh, titled The Slow Runners Club. And uh, so if you want to check him out, he says the better way is losing weight slowly, uh, basically a pound or so a week. So the new normal is not so dramatically new and the body has a chance to set its point. So uh, Adam, thank you so much for that. And uh, Jillian Michaels was talking about this as well. And I also agree with you. I, I don't think... I just, it didn't make much sense to me. And uh, Jillian was talking about it on her show. And here's what she had to say. And you're just, you're seeing this massive movement. And then you've got like this biggest loser. And I don't even want to touch on it because I'm so, I swear to God, I got off the biggest loser show. Go to Bob. Go to Bob. He's still on the show. And everyone is like, Jillian, 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 like all the news outlets, like come to me, talk to us about it. It's like, I didn't want to address it. But I what I am going to say is this. You have contestants, first of all. Obesity, when you eat food to the degree that you become 400, 500 pounds, you you have an addiction to food. Yes. It is far deeper than my metabolism slowed down. Stop. Please stop. Just stop it. It's the same thing as being an alcoholic. It's the exact same thing. It's like saying, you know, oh, you know, AA didn't work because I fell off the wagon. You're going to fall off the wagon yeah. because when those are your demons... And you're turning to food as a coping mechanism, as God knows what control. Like those things are far deeper than, oh, my metabolism slowed down. And my favorite part is you have contestants like Ali Vincent, for example. My metabolism slowed down. Okay, well, first of all, Ali Vincent won the biggest loser, what, eight, nine years ago? At least. Okay, so she's now nine years older. Um, she kept the weight off for years when she had a television show on ABC. When that television show went away, all of a sudden, you couldn't keep the weight on anymore? Danny Cahill kept the weight off for years, years. It was doing public speaking. When that stopped happening and he had to go back to a regular job, your metabolism slowed down? Come on. Come on. I mean, you, they've kept the weight off for years. And it's like these guys are acting like they're sitting at home, you know, eating celery with a spin bike. Bull. Baloney. No. And then there are plenty of contestants like... Julie Haddon, Hannah and Olivia. There are plenty of them. Pete Thomas, 
that keep the weight off. So what scares me is that when you're sending that message, it's like, oh, you know, it, it, it destroyed it destroyed my metabolism. Oh, and, and we've all shown that calorie restrictions destroy metabolism. Here's the bottom line. Yes, if for an extraordinarily long period of time you reduce your calories when you're not morbidly obese, when you're trying to lose 10 pounds, 15 pounds, yeah, you're right, because your body goes, uh-oh, and we've talked about this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Food is scarce. I'm going to shift my biochemistry and my hormone balance to release more cortisol and less HGH and, and essentially hold on to fat. That's what the body's doing for survival purposes. When you're morbidly obese, it doesn't need to do that. It's like, oh, thank God. Let me get rid of some of this extra weight. It's a different physiology. You're in a different place. Okay. 50 to 100 pounds is a different game than 10 to 15. But at the same time, if you're dramatically reducing your calories and you're working out... Then you're not going, oh, I'm slowly shutting my metabolism down as I'm losing weight. You're exercising. You're watching what you're eating so you're not putting on more weight. And then you're exercising. And the exercise is the energy call. The exercise is going, oh, my God, the body needs more energy. The body needs more energy. I'm running a mile. I'm doing 10 push-ups. I need fuel. And it goes into fat stores. It's not just about starvation. And no one ever said that it was. In fact, I've always been crystal clear that you can't really diet off 100 pounds. You can very, 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 very gradually start to bring that scale down, but at an extremely slow rate, and it can begin a process of yo-yo dieting, which is why it's critical to eat right, watch how much you're eating, and simultaneously work out. But the, but, but with that equation, don't you have to work on your head? Because yes! if these people... if these That's people- what they really needed. And you want to know what was really wrong with Biggest Loser? We didn't have a therapist. That's what was really wrong. That's what's wrong. And when people went home and they went back into a dysfunctional environment that was causing them to be hurting, in pain, unhappy, out of control, they did not. We, there was some of them we were able to set up a game plan. Some of them we weren't. Some of them I never weren't my contestants. Some of them were. Some of them were my contestants, and I couldn't break through in time. Some of them were my contestants, and I'm not a therapist. And you know, one of the stories I love to say, I love to talk about, is. Um, a kid that was on the show, he went home for the holidays. He was making great progress. Right? We've talked about him. His name's Austin. Yeah. And yeah. he comes back to the ranch. He gained weight over the holidays. And it turns out that his mother was overweight. She'd been overweight his entire life. She felt like he was abandoning her. He went back into that scenario. That's something that you can't undo on The Biggest Loser. You can try to get to the bottom of it. You can try to find out about it. You can try to give him coping skills. But what does that family really need? A family therapist. Yeah. Sure. Do you, do you have a chance at being like, listen, sweetheart, you know, is he right on the precipice? Is he unbelievably strong and brave? Like, here's what's going on. Let me try to give you the tools. Here's what you need. It, you know how the chances of that working? It's, it's not easy. This is my point. On the ranch, you can lose weight. They go home. And it's like if you go back into a dysfunctional relationship, environment, scenario, circumstance, and that's the truth. But what scares me more about all of this is you cannot send a message to the public The calories don't count. They do. And yes, so does the quality of your food. You guys know I feel that way. But it's just getting very dangerous to try to shift a trend when biology is biology. Physiology is physiology. Period. End of story. If you eat too much of any food, you'll gain weight. If you want to lose weight, you've got to eat less and move more. It's the two things. And that's the only answer. It is the only answer. 
So there's a little reporting that was missing there, that the fact that many of these people that were quoted in this article were thin for years. And then, like they said, they maybe their people forgot about them from TV because it had been so many years. And really, to me, and that's why I'm reading this book, The, the Pillars of Self-Esteem, I think a lot of weight loss has to do with our head. And it has to do with us self-medicating with food. And then when you combine it with this whole sugar thing, they explained in that video again that the French would basically feed geese uber amounts of sugar to make pate, right? Which is just goose liver because it made it bigger. It made enlarged livers. And now we're doing the exact same thing with our children. We're pumping them full of sweets and sugars and juices. And we have teenagers now that are having fatty liver syndrome. They're having you know heart problems. We have teenagers with heart problems. How insane is that? And of course, teenage diabetes, childhood diabetes, serious, serious problems. So it is at the bottom, right? Less calories in versus less calories out. But we've got to look at what those calories are made up of. And so it's one of those things where where there's smoke, there's fire. And so I'm going to really be getting into looking at some of these folks because they explain how these uh, when, when these other, hey, fat is bad for you. These were all funded by the sugar industry. And so I'll put uh, a link to a, a TED talk called Sugar, the Elephant in the uh, in the Kitchen. That's by uh, Robert Lustig, who's really kind of the champion behind this, one of the champions, I should say. Then you have, again, Dr. Yanni Friedhoff. He has a one called What's a Food Industry to Do? Uh, Definitely check that out. And uh, I'm going to be watching these guys, and I might dig in a little bit to see kind of like who's funding their stuff. Like, who is the opposite? Like, are they funded by the fat people? Like, if there was a fat industry, and not that there is one, but I mean, are they funded by the beef people? If it's it's just one of those things where you got to follow the money. And I think in some cases, at least for me, it seems like Dr. Friedhoff. And again, this is only from the video. Um, he is the author of the book, the diet fix, why diets fail and how to uh, make yours work. And um, it, it's, I'm going to look at these folks now too, because I am very suspicious about anything revolving our food because in the end, there's a lot of people with really deep pockets trying to pull the wool over our eyes so that we'll just keep eating their stuff. And and the other thing I really liked about this movie, they talked about how sugar basically gets digested and there was glucose, which just, you know, gets that, but fructose, which of course, high fructose corn syrup, we've all heard that, which I affectionately refer to as, you know, the, uh, the sweat of Satan Fructose basically goes through your liver and just goes, it just gets spit out as fat and it's in everything. So knowledge is power. And so I'm urging you to go watch this movie. I'm urging you to do some research on sugar, but knowledge is only power when you act on it and it's time to give up the soda. In fact, this was a stat. If you drink any kind of soda every day and for me for years, I wasn't just drinking one. I was drinking six. But if you just drink one a day, the chance of you having problems 
uh, getting diabetes, et cetera, et cetera, 29%, regardless of the calories. You could be under, you could be eating 800 calories a day. If they're all from your Mountain Dew, if they're all from your Dr. Pepper, Coke, Pepsi, whatever, 29% chance of it's just, it was amazing. So check that out. But knowledge is only power when you act on it. And it's time to look at this. I know I'm going to start looking at my sugar intake. According into the uh, the video, they said 10%, preferably 5% of your calorie intake should be from sugar. That's it. And so maybe by next week, I'll look at what I'm eating and see where I'm at on that. Because I know we're all getting, I was amazed today. I, I uh, scanned some frozen vegetables with, um, I forget the name of the app I use that, that, does that. And I was amazed to find out there's sugar in a frozen vegetable. There's also salt. And it said, you know, ingredients, broccoli, cauliflower, and carrots. But then when you look, there's also, oh yeah. And there's a little asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Oh yeah. There's some sugar in here too. Asterisk, asterisk. There's also some salt. It's like, oh, give me a break. So it's, it's really one of those things where we got to start eating stuff that comes out of the ground and, and it comes out of our ground or something. Who knows? But sugar is uh, bad. And there are a lot of people with a lot of deep pockets telling you that uh, it's fine. It's got a clean bill of health. After all, it comes from the ground. Sugar is awesome. Well, and it's got 80 million names. I could go on and on about this. So uh, I'll I'll just shut up and thank you. I want to also thank everybody who's been going out to logicalloss.com slash support. This is important. If you're going to be shopping at Amazon, go to logicalloss.com slash support. Click on that and order anything from Amazon that you normally do, it doesn't cost you an extra dime at all. And we get a bit of a finder's fee. And that helps pay for, it It costs me about 30 bucks a month to do this, probably a little more if we count the newsletter. And if you want to have these notes come to you, go out to logicalloss.com slash newsletter and have it uh, delivered to your inbox. But I don't have sponsors. And uh, I've said in the past, you know, if this costs too much, because uh, I got student loans I'm paying off. Uh, it's got to shut down. So one of the ways you can help support the show, go to LogicalLoss.com slash support and either shop through Amazon or there's a donate button there. If you just want to throw, you know, five bucks at me, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And uh, I thank you so much for tuning in. And um, knowledge is power. It's time to act on it, though. And uh, it is summer. Get out there. Play like a kid. And... Uh, Lastly, because last week I missed because I was out with my back injury, I will tell you to lift with your legs. And always stretch before doing any kind of activity, right? And uh, we'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free on iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll-free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Yes, I'll have